the countdown has begun. It's time for some old-fashioned Bible study. Hey, this is Joseph Brownlee, your host of Connecting the Dots. Joseph Brownlee, your host of Connecting the Dots. Let's 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 finish this. Let's get back into this. I always open up with an introduction to my listeners and my new listeners about connecting the dots. I'm not going to break that all down. You know, uh, some of you already know what the show is about, so I'm just talking to you all. Any new listeners, you just have to follow up and just go back uh, to my previous shows and you can understand what my show is about. And uh, there's nothing to hide. This is a Bible study show. This is a Bible study program. So just think whatever programs you had in your denominational churches and stuff like that, you're learning. You're finally going to learn how to really understand God's word rightly divided dispensationally this is what you're going to get and that's what you're going to get on this show of connecting the dots connecting dots is like putting a puzzle together making a bible understandable making a king james finally understandable i know there's many translations but let's try to understand the king james bible which you cannot get a real good foothold of understanding the Bible, in my opinion. You know, you have people disagree, but this is just my opinion, and I stand on that, you know. But whatever translation that's on you, I don't knock you for that, you know. But I'm talking about the King Jimmy. I have another translation that I read as well, the Living Bible, but I don't use that as study material because there's many errors I don't like up in there. You know, not as bad as some other translations, but this it's a paraphrase. Some of the paraphrasing is accurate like the King James. So I'm just putting it that way. It's accurate, but it's a lot of inaccuracy even in the Living Bible. So I just use it for paraphrasing and more plain talking, okay, once in a while. But the really get an understanding or a definition of how to understand God's word, in my opinion, like I say, is through the King James Bible, you know, so you get get a better understanding, in my opinion. Okay, God's Secret. This book is written, was written by Marianne Manley, and my recommendations for the ones that has been listening, my recommendation to you all young man and young lady is to real buy this book that way you can just read the book yourselves you can see the, the photos and the pictures because i always use the word picturistic i don't even know if that's a word but i just made it up <laughs> you got a lot of photos and a lot of pictures and a lot of artistry if i can put it that way in her books and a lot of her materials i got several of her books and everything like that that i have not read but this one i read about three this will be about the last what the third or the fourth time that i read through this book but just reading it to you all it won't be the same when you read it yourself you know if you are saved and you are believing read it yourself you can get a better understanding and a better uh, view of god's word you know and uh, understanding you will not have the whole 66 other books of the bible broke down now that mean that don't mean you're going to understand all god's word because of this cliff note because of this study um right because of uh, this book by mary manley i'm not I, don't never accuse me of saying that but what i'm saying you will have some type of paramedic view or some type of foundation uh about what god is doing in his two programs the body of christ program which is mystery 
and the, and the kingdom of heaven program, which is prophecy. One is for Israel, which is foretold prophecy, and one's for the body of Christ, which is kept hidden in God. Okay, you'll know the difference between prophecy and mystery, and you'll understand the Bible more clearly when you rightly divide God's word. Okay, all right. I left out that God will put his new covenant in the hearts of minds. Now, I'm quoting out of her book. Now, I'm getting right to it. So, give me about 20 more minutes. God will put his new covenant in the hearts and minds of the believers of Israel and cause them. Listen to the word, cause them. He will cause them. Or you could say he will make them. You know, he will give them the ability. And I guess the Holy Spirit will lead them to obey him. In other words, he will cause them to walk in his ways. They will not have no other choice but to walk into, in his ways. Now, this is not saying that they would be robots. This is not saying that God is going to program them to make them do everything he said. In other words, he will give them the ability because he will give the laws in their hearts. He will tell them they will know already what to do. They will know already how to live, you know, in that time of the kingdom. So, therefore, God still will give them free will. So, don't get me wrong. Don't I don't want you to misquote me. So they, they will not be robots. I really don't believe that. God will give them a free will. They will want to walk in his ways. Cause them to walk in his ways. In other words, they're going to know his ways. They're going to know what's going to they're going to know what's required because it's going to be in their heart. They still can disobey, but they're not going to want to because it's going to be in their hearts. They're going to be right there with them. That's what I'm trying to say. You can find it in Jeremiah, not what I just said, but you go to the books of Jeremiah. Jeremiah, excuse me, 31, 31, and 34, Ezekiel 36, 26, to 27. So that's my definition of what I mean in the King James Bible. Other translations might could break it down a little differently. Or maybe they can say it in another way that's more clearer, but cause them to walk in his ways. I'm going to leave it at that, okay? Now, let's get into after the millennium kingdom. Now, this is after the reign. I'm going to try to read through this and everything, and I'm going to elaborate when I think it's time to be elaborated. Or I just want to add a little history to this, okay? All right. Quoting, after Christ's thousand-year reign, Satan will be loosed for a season. To remove any rebels. Now this is Marianne Matley. This is her commentary. On what. She, this is her breakdown. Not mine. This is what she's saying. Okay. So remember. That I'm not quoting a verse here. And I'll let you know. when I'm, I'm not quoting a verse here. But this is what Marianne Matley says. Okay. So I want I want you to get some understanding. Because I don't remember hearing that in the Bible. No. This is a breakdown. On verses that she put out there. Usually she gives you a commentary. And then she'll give you the verse. Um, you know, that can coincide with what she's saying, or she'll give you the verse or a scripture of the Bible and then try to use her own commentary breaking down what it's saying, just like a lot of ministers and just like a lot of us teachers, and you yourself probably do yourself, okay, okay. After Christ's thousand-year reign, Satan would be loosed for a season and remove any rebels. To remove any rebels. What she's saying right there, now, let me, let me see. My opinion is what she's saying is Satan is going to go after he's going to find certain ones that's going to rebel. Remember, sin is still prevalent. Let me say that again. Even in the millennium king, kingdom, the thousand year reign of Christ, sin, remember God still gives you free will. I was just explaining that he still gives you free will. But even when, even 
you still have a choice to obey him. You still can disobey him because he, give you, he gives you that free will. Now, that happened even in the heavenly places. When the angels chose to disobey God. God did not make them obey him. No. God did not make the angels obey him. They chose to because there was already rebellion in them. You know, when Satan done his recruiting, I like to put it this way. When Satan done his recruiting, it's just like a picture when I was gang banging. I was known as a general and some people was known as recruiters. That means we'd go out there and we recruit people that want to join the gang. You know, the reason I'm using that definition because it's for evil purpose. I know there's other good purpose to recruit people, but in this situation, in the heavenly, in the in the uh, the heavenly places, when they got kicked out of the heavens and was was tossed down in the second heavens, when they got kicked out of the heavens, they chose to rebel because Satan was a master recruiter and he was a manipulator. So they chose to follow him. Okay, they didn't have to. They chose to. They could have stayed with God, but they got manipulated and bamboozled, so they chose to follow Lucifer then. He was Lucifer then. Okay, let's go back to here. In the, after the, in the millennial uh, kingdom, after the thousand-year reign, Satan will be let loose from the bottomless pit, bottomless pit. Remember, he was tied up in chains in the bottomless pit. He would be let loose, okay? He would be, put, he would be let loose out of prison, you know? <clears throat> Excuse me. In other words, he will go on a rampage and start recruiting the ones that he knows that's gonna that's gonna rebel. So he's gonna remove any rebellion people. He's gonna recruit them because as long as there's sin, as long as there's death, especially as long as there's sin, there's gonna be a rebellious people on. I don't care how perfect on this earth you are, long as there's sin on this earth you know there's going to be rebellious people it's going to all be somebody that's going to leave the flock that's in a government that's anywhere i don't care how good you are there's going to be somebody that's going to be, going to be bought a sold out it's going to sell out it happens every time is it even going to happen in the kingdom in other words satan will be loose for a season a season to remove any rebels. Okay. Continue reading out of a book. A multitude of Gentiles from the four quarters of the earth will rebel and be drawn away by Satan. You understand? Read this again. This is a quote from her book. A multitude of Gentiles from four quarters of the earth will rebel and be drawn away by Satan. They will rebel who? Rebel against the kingdom. Rebel against the laws of Jesus, because there will be laws. The law will be back. We'll rebel. We'll re choose to rebel against Jesus, okay? And they will choose to follow Satan, just like he manipulated back then on earth, like like just like he had he he, he recruited people in the heavenly places. He still can do that now, okay? So, a multitude of Gentiles from the four quarters of the earth will rebel and be drawn away by Satan. The devil and his Gentile forces. Now listen to the name Gentile. The devil and his Gentile forces. So according to Mary and Manly, these are Gentiles that decided to rebel. See? And most of the time, I believe these are not the ones that were so much 
had the fruits of the kingdom, they was already in rebellion anyway. So Satan already knew who they was. Okay. So it was already somewhat probably was rebellion, rebellion, uh, getting drawn up or whatever. Anyway, you know, I could be wrong. But according to this breakdown, because the Bible does not break everything down precept, you know, by concept and like a storybook at times, you got you got to try to connect the dots and figure it out. So when she says the devil and his Gentile forces will surround Jerusalem and battle against King Jesus and his people, it was they mean they're going to he that's the team he's going to form to rebel against Jesus and his people. Who is his people? The Jews, Israel. Or whoever else decided to stay with them, I'm sure some Gentiles, but the Gentile nations still going to be rebellious even at the kingdom time. They're going to know Jesus is king. They're going to know he rules with a rod of iron. But Satan is going to come back and manipulate them. Now, what form Satan is going to come back in, I don't know. What form he's going to be, he's going to come back in. Because remember, the uh, the Antichrist and a false prophet was thrown in a pit. I mean, <coughs> was dealt with. So what form he's going to come back with, I don't know. So let me keep reading. The devil and the Gentile forces will surround Jerusalem and battle against King Jesus and his people. Continue reading. God will destroy the opposition with fire from heaven. Supernatural with fire from heaven. And when the thousand years are expired or the thousand years are up, Satan will be loosed out of his prison. Now, she's just talking. Now, she's going back to the story how Satan is going to be loosed out. Remember, I'm reading out of the book, so it might sound kind of confusing sometimes. It's just the way that I'm reading the way she's writing it, okay? And when the thousand years are expired, Satan will be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations. Deceive. Very important. Deceive. Remember, it was used that he was looking for rebels. How did they become rebels? He deceived them. He fooled them. He's a master manipulator. He would fool these, he would deceive these nations. And so Satan shall go out and deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth. Remember, she gave you an opening in the beginning. From the four quarters of the earth, God and Magog, to gather them together to battle for the number. Now, people, a lot of ministers and uh, theologians have their interpretation who Gog and Magog is. They talk about Russian, different things like that. I have no idea. I don't know. It could be a name or it could be a certain, certain position. That part, I don't know. So I'm just going to leave that like it is. Satan will deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle the number of whom is at the, the battle, the, to battle. The number of whom is as the sand of the sea. That means that uh, I remember people, uh, a lot of ministers talk about this human, this humongous army. I remember I used to hear the uh, stories that it was China because China got such a big two hundred million. They, 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 China got many foot soldiers. It doesn't mean they're the most powerful, but they always have more foot soldiers. I used to hear stories and teachings and churches about uh, China. Uh, a lot of prophecy teachers used to say it's China. That they're, they're the only nation that can form over 200 million soldiers. But, you know, this is after the Millennium Kingdom. This is after the thousand years. Now, I used to hear that teaching, and I didn't put two to two together. Because you got to remember, this is not the battle of Armageddon. This is just when Christ is going to rain down his fire. So 
back that time, I used to put those two together. But that was, this is what the, this is a thousand years between both of those. So Gog and Magog and this huge army, you know, that's going to have take more study. That's something I'm not studied on. Now, you might have other ministers and theologians studied up on this, and I don't, I'm going to see it's Mary Manley. She doesn't break it down who it is either. So, therefore, I'm going to leave it like it is. It's going to be a very humongous army, just put it that way. I'm not telling you who the army or what nation or what country they're from because I don't know the Bible's not specific. And Mitch's Gog and Magog. Uh, maybe later on down the line, I will get some teachers and ministers by audio that can break down that. But at this time, I don't know. But I just know it's going to be a large army. Okay. <laughs> All right. As large as the sea encompass the camp of the saints about and the beloved city. That means they're going to be so large, they're going to surround the millennium kingdom. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. Now, you can find all this in Revelation 20, 79. Revelation 20 and 79. Now, I'm reading out of somebody else's comments. They're not mine. I'm reading out of this book. So, some things I talk about, I will let you know what I understand and what it's saying. Then I'll let you know I don't have an idea uh, of what that means. That means God and man God. I have, I've been taught uh, who, you know, those nations could be, but I don't have a concrete proof of that. Also, who's going to be these nations that Satan is going to form together after the thousand year reign of the millennium kingdom? What nations they're going to be? I don't know, but they'll be uh, four gen there'll be Gentile nations for the four corners of the earth. Now, you got some theologians and some great theologians that can break that down. I can't. So I just want to be upfront with you. I don't know right now. Now, they don't down the line. That don't mean I'm gonna not going to find out. But, you know, maybe you guys even know that. But at the time, I'm just going to read it verbatim of what the book is saying because I don't know who those nations are. I don't think that's important now, but it will be some rebellious, deceived nations from the four corners of the earth, according to the Bible, and it shall be a big army. That's all I got to say. All right. The devil is then, after God rained down his fire, according to Revelation 2079, the devil is thrown into the lake of fire. Now, remember, I talked about three punishments. You got hell. You got, you got the bottomless pit in the Bible. Different translations call them different names, Hades and Sheol and stuff like that. You know, so you got hell, you got the bottomless pit, and you got the lake of fire, which is the final destination. You have some teachers and some ministers believe that hell have different compartments or is part of the lake of fire. I do not know that. I don't see that. I can't say it is and I can't say it's not. You know, maybe they got a longer arm and a longer reach of studying than me. But all I know is the lake of fire. So I look at hell separately. The reason I look at it separately because the Bible says that the great white throne judgment, hell and death will be through and the lake of fire. So they seem like they're separate hell and the lake of fire. See, this is where I see it. I'm reading it literally. It says hell and death will be through and the lake of fire. So therefore, if death is through and the lake of fire, what, what that means? That means sin is dealt with as well. Why? Because death brings, sin brings death. The creator of death is sin. So if death is dealt with, that means sin is dealt with. 
I know I'm going a little further, but I'm just trying to give you a layman understanding. The devil will be through in the lake of fire, but later on down, uh, also going to be through in the lake of fire will be hell, and it also will be death. Okay? Okay, I'm going to see she's going to get into this. So let me keep reading. The devil is thrown into the lake of fire, and the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone. Woo! I, I, I can't even comprehend that. Where the beast that was already there, the Antichrist, and the false prophet are. So if the devil deceived these nations, you have to... Sometimes, you know, some maybe think, okay, what, how did he come? Did he come, what form did he come just as himself? Did he come as another form of a person? Or has he just done it spirit-wise as invisible like he is and just deceived them invisibly or came as some type of way he deceived them by entering another person? And they say, I don't know. The Bible does not say. It just say the devil deceived them. Then it says the devil was thrown into the lake of fire. So you have to learn how to connect the dots with the Bible. We have to learn how we don't want to just use an eisegesis and just assume because we'll get people confused because remember the antichrist and the false prophet was already in the lake of fire okay all right and the let me just read this the devil is thrown into the lake of fire and the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast which is the antichrist and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. That means he was still in with them. The false trinity. Satan, the Antichrist, and the false prophet, the false trinity. So he was still up in there. So what form is going to come back and deceive the nations for the last time? I do not know. I do not know. I just know he's going to come and they're going to be deceived. Or just physically, he's using another body like he's good at or or spiritually within within them. I don't know. The Bible does not say. Okay. But you can find that in Revelation 20 and 10. Okay. Then she goes on and said, the time's up. The opportunity to believe is over. There should be time no longer. Okay. There should be time no longer. Now you're getting into the fullness of times. Remember, the millennial kingdom is not the final destination. I mean, that's a that's close. That's more close than perfect and complete that any kingdom can be. But the perfect of perfectness that when there's no time, because there's still time in the millennial kingdom. That's why millennial means thousand. See, and they were still they was living a long time again. Remember the the, um, the lion was with the well. Let's talk it in the human terms. Remember the Bible says I forget the book of Revelation that at a hundred years old a baby still gonna be considered a child and da da da. That means that long range of life was happening in the millennium kingdom like it was back then. Remember, they was living to 809. Methuselah was the oldest man that ever lived. He lived 969 years old. And then I think it was another, I forgot his name. Jared lived over 100 and something years old. I think then it was Methuselah, 950 years old. And I think it was Adam, 930 years old. They lived a long time. They lived longer almost than the Millennium Kingdom. <laughs> back then so those long lives is happening again in the kingdom on earth it's not the heavenly places this is the millennium kingdom this those long life was happening again then okay <clears throat> but when mary manley said this time is up the opportunity to believe is over there should be that mean the opportunity to believe and reign enter the fullness of times eternity there should be time no longer according to revelation 10 and 6 revelation 20, 10 and 6 now what happens after satan is destroyed what happens what happens 
<coughs> after that, the great white throne judgment. Let's get into that now. The great white throne judgment. Okay. This is after millennium kingdom reign. Now the great white throne judgment. Remember, the great right, you have several judgments in the Bible. But there's two judgments that stands out that people get, they use interchangeably, they get confused. That's why some people believe that you can use your salvation because they get the great white throne judgment mixed up with the judgment seat of Christ. The judgment seat of Christ, let me say this again, the judgment seat of Christ is for believers, is for the body of Christ and this dispensation only. We're going to get judged for our works and what we've done on the earth. We're not going to get judged because of salvation or sin or nothing like that. We're not going to get judged on that. That's the that's for the body of Christ, the church and the dispensation of grace under the Apostle Paul, okay? Then you have the great white throne judgment. That's for the old saints of the past, and that's for the ones that made it through the tribulation period. They were reigned, that reigned in the kingdom uh, millennium with Jesus and David and all of them, you know. This is what this judgment is for. I mean, this is this is this is the ones that reign with uh, Christ in the millennium kingdom. They will not be at this great white throne judgment. This great white throne judgment is just for unbelievers. Unbelievers. This is all this for. Yeah, you don't have no middleman. That means you just going to hell. Part of like some people believe. I don't have no accurate proof on that, but some people believe there's different departments of suffering and the lake of fire, or some people say hell. That's bad. So this, the great white throne judgment is for the unsaved only. It's just you just gonna get judged. Just like the body of Christ, we get we get certain crowns, you know. Gold, silver, hay, stubble. We get certain rewards. Everybody don't get the same reward, but we get certain rewards for what we've done on this earth. The great white throne judgment, they're going to get a certain reward, but it's going to be death. It's going to be eternal damnation, and they will have a certain level, according to some teachers, of how they're going to suffer. So that's why I'm getting out a lot of teachers and everything like that, you know. Okay, the great white throne judgment. Okay, I'm going to do this for a few more minutes. Jesus will judge the lost. Remember I said the unbelievers. That's what the great white throne judgment for. It's not for the saved. It's for the unsaved. Jesus will judge the lost. Those who lived in the dispensation of grace will be judged according to Paul's gospel. Remember I talked about that? That's the Bema seat. That will, we, we will be judged there, okay? You'll find that in Romans 2 and 16. All unbelievers are cast into the lake of fire. All unbelievers in this great white throne judges a terrible time for unbelievers. All unbelievers are cast into the lake of fire. Reading, and I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. Whose face was that? Jesus, King of kings, Lord of lords. This is Jesus. He's a judge on both thrones. The judgment seat of Christ for the believers, the body of Christ, and also the, uh, the judgment seat of Damnation, which is a great white throne judgment for unbelievers. Christ is also the judge of that. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell, here we go, this is what I was talking about earlier. This is scripture, this is Revelation twenty eleven to 15. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. 
See, how could, that's why I don't get hell in the lake of fire being the same thing or hell just have different hot compartments. Because that seems like a contradiction to me. Maybe I'm missing some, but I see them as being separate. That's why I said there's hell, that's the bottomless pit where Satan was in, and there's the lake of fire. So I just take it what it says. Death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of a fire. The second death, you don't want to get you don't want to get caught up in the second death. The second death is the death of death. But remember, death will be no more. That means you will be burning wherever you went forever because you won't be able to die. Because death has been dealt with. Sin has been dealt with, so you're gonna burn eternally in the lake of fire. This is called in the Bible the second death. Now, who's who got who's the unsaved? Now, everybody, no one is hearing from this. Nobody. The ones that nobody can never find that's been in the graves, has been in the wars, all these hidden people and whatever like that, that die in unbelief in this kingdom program. And even back then, that died in unbelief. If you die in the grace period and never accepted Christ and you just die and you never accepted, or you never accepted Jesus Christ by believing in his death and resurrection and you died before then, you're going to suffer even more because remember, you're already in hell. <clears throat> this is for all the millenniums. This is for all the dispensations. Okay, you was already in hell, whether you died in the grace period or you died in the kingdom on earth period. You was already in hell if you die. If you die in the grace period and you never accepted Christ in your life by believing in his death, burial, resurrection in the grace period, you went to hell. You understand what I'm saying? You went to hell. You already was in confinement in a holding cell like they do on earth. You, you get put in a holding cell, maybe in jail, and then you get sentenced, and then you get sent to prison. It's the same thing here. Suggest, it's the same thing here. You'll be held in a holding place, and you're going to suffer in hell until the great white throne judgment. You're suffering bad enough, okay? Then after, then when the great white throne judgment happens, you're going to be somewhat resurrected out of Sheol, out of hell or whatever. You're going to be faced. You're going to have to face Christ, the judge, at the great white throne judgment. You don't want to face him as that judge. See, he's giving out crowns at the Bema seat, the judgment center of Christ for the body of Christ. But at the great white throne judgment, I'm trying to explain this the best way I can plainly. You're going to be judged for what? Unbelief unbelief you never accepted him you never believed him okay so therefore you're going to suffer even worse and because your name is not going to be found in the book of life only the ones that reigned with him then it's not the body of christ he's talking about the ones that was found in the book of life it's the ones that the little flock and the ones that followed him through his millennium kingdom and past and everything like that, okay? If you're not found in the book of life, where else you are in? You're in that other book. That means that book is the ones that's going to be suffering in the lake of fire. So you're getting through, through in the lake of fire with the Antichrist, 
with the false prophet, with Satan, and you all, it ain't going to be no party like some people want you to think, or some cults want you to think there's going to be a party in heaven, I mean a party in hell. There's never been a party in hell. That's all lies. That's all lies. You're going to suffer in hell, and you're going to suffer even worse. That, that's uncomprehensible. So you will have that type of body to suffer forever. Forever, 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 forever in the lake of fire. Satan, everybody going to be suffering there. there. Ain't going to be no grief and no smelling nothing. Everybody going to be suffering, hollering and screaming, smelling bad, and you're not going to be able to die. You're going to wish you can die. I have no doubt about that, but remember, death has already been dealt with, so death is suffering in there. Hell is suffering in the lake of fire. Ah, oh, everybody's suffering there at that great white throne judgment. I know this is not a good look. But this is Bible. This is true. That's why it is very important. Okay. This is very important. I'm going to stop right here. And now the next is going. We getting so far in this book. This is very important. Next time I'm going to get into. Uh, what 34 and 35. We're going to talk about the new heaven. And new earth. I hope you're enjoying this because you're learning how to understand God's word faster than a lot of people, even some ministers that's in church. You're learning how to comprehend and understand God's word correctly. Your mind should be opened up about the two programs. What I'm teaching now, I want to read out this book. You always remember, this is not the body of Christ. We already will be in the heavenly places if you're saved. We already be in the heavenly places. This is the reigning millennium kingdom. Now we're going to get into the new heaven and the new earth because there will be a new heaven and a new earth, okay? All right. Okay. If you want to find that, that if you want to look for when it says <coughs> hell, we're cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Death and hell, excuse me, we're cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Remember the second death. You don't want to be have to deal with the, the tribulation period and have to deal with the second death, you know, because it's going to be too tough. Revelation 20, 11, 13, 15. Revelation 20, 11, and 15, okay? All right. I'm going to end it right there, but the next time we're going to be getting into the new heaven and the new earth and all that other good stuff for the ones that's left here that's going to be in the millennial reigning kingdom. It's a beautiful thing, but it, don't, it won't be for you if you never give your life to Christ now, okay? All right. This is Joseph Brownlee of Connecting the Dots. Canatuno El Punto, Espanol, Canatuno El Punto. I hope you enjoyed this teaching. And I love you all. Thank you all for listening in on this teaching. God bless you all. I love you. Until next time, for you believers, until next time, get ready for the teaching and the study. Rightly divided on the new heaven and the new earth, a reading out of the book by Marian Mantley, God's Secret. Love you all. Bye-bye. Peace out. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there that's listening. Happy Mother's Day. God bless you all. Bye-bye.